0: and say, we must be saved. Uh, People have said to me, that is old-fashioned language, but I have found no better way of communicating what God does in our hearts and in our lives. It's wonderful to be able to stand on this platform in 2011, in November, in Northern Ireland, Moira, and say, I know I have been saved. Hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor now and ask them the question, do you know if you've been saved? That was so pathetic. Let's ask again. Do you know if you've been saved? And all who know Jesus want to say, yes, I do. (laughs) Hallelujah. Actually, the changes that God longs to bring into our lives can only begin with an eternal change, not a temporary change, Not a temporary improvement, but an eternal change that will affect every dimension of your life. Everything inside you, your heart, your spirit, your soul, and your mind will be changed and transformed by the power of the eternal God. And that's what my Savior does, and that's what my Lord can do. He can even change you on the outside. When you've been frumpish and boring, he can make you full of life. Hallelujah. And when you've been depressed and, and wearing a frown constantly looking down, my Jesus can lift you up and give you a great big smile. Not a surface smile, but a real smile on the inside of your heart. Hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor and say, Jesus knows how to do a great job in your life. See, we are so affected, aren't we, by the immediate issues. I find, I said to the guys this morning, I find that most of us are approaching life just about surviving. Just about getting through the next week or the next year. And let's face it, in this climate in which we're living, when everything that can be shaken is being shaken, some people are just literally surviving. But I thank God, tonight the message, this weekend the message is, what if your life could change for the better forever hallelujah and i said this morning forever is the key word so i'm not talking in this weekend about a temporary fix not talking about a bandage that you could somehow cover over a scar with where the scar remains unhealed where the scar is still there but i'm talking about a miracle work in your life and in your heart that only God can do. It's a miracle change, hallelujah. And whether you're born again and you know Jesus and not, I wanna tell you this weekend could be amazing for you because I don't know about Pastor Dave, but in these days I'm finding I'm more in love with the message of the gospel and the good news that God has communicated to us than I ever was before. I just love this book, hallelujah. I love this book. I love the very words on its pages because they are life to me. They are life-changing. Hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor and say, when did you last read the Word of God? How prone we are not to open the book when it is the Word of God that will transform us forever. So we're not talking about a cover-up. We're talking about a transformation of life forever. You know, if you want God, just to improve your life, then you've totally misunderstood the message of the good news. Totally misunderstood completely what God wants to do. God changes us to change our life. We want Him to change our life. But we're a bit uncomfortable when it comes to God changing us. But I've discovered something in my Fifteen years of walking with Jesus. I've discovered something, actually, my life will only ever change by me allowing Jesus to change me. And I've found that he changes things the opposite way that I want him to. He doesn't change the external things necessarily, but he certainly changes me from the inside out. Hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor and say, he will change you from the inside out. Glory to God. So I want to just bring a great verse to lay the foundation for where we're going because this is all about the power of the good news. It is only the good news that will change our lives. This great verse coming up on the screen, I hope. (laughs) Hallelujah. Let's read this together, shall we? It's great to get the word coming out of your mouth, isn't it? Amen. I love it. It's great to have it in your heart and in your head, but it's even more wonderful when it goes from your heart and your head and through your mouth. Glory to God. Amen. Shall we read it together with real Irish confidence? Hallelujah. Are you ready? One, two, three. I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. Isn't that awesome? I'm not ashamed. What this is actually saying is that it is possible. It is made possible by the very message that I'm preaching tonight for somebody to be saved, for somebody to experience and know the saving power, the salvation, the saving power of the living God in their lives. And so we begin tonight by asking a simple question, what are we saved from? What are we saved from? Firstly, we are saved from an empty way of life without God. Do you know, I've got to tell you, having reached this age and stage in my life, I am so thankful to God that I haven't had an empty life. Sometimes I rub shoulders with people, I walk with people, I talk with people, I take people out for meals, I spend time with them. Just this week, I have personally shared my faith at least seven times on a one-to-one basis. I believe pastors should be talking about Jesus. I believe pastors should be sharing their heart with people. And I've spent time with people. Two of them were builders. One of them was an alcoholic sitting there and even came into my church office and sitting there with me, she's drinking five bottles of wine a day. And I want to tell you, I just got a sense in my spirit that this lady has just begun the most exciting journey she could ever begin. I'll tell you, I've got a church full of ex-alcoholics. <laughs> isn't that, I don't know why God's doing that, but it's funny, isn't it? Really marvelous. Hallelujah. Oh, glory. Glory. And that's what, one of the things that God's doing. And how amazing it is that we can see, even in my own life, listening to people, I think, Lord, you've saved me from all that rubbish. Thank God. You know, people say, oh, I haven't really got a testimony because I wasn't, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't go off and do horrendous things and bad things and booze and women, wine, women and song. Well, I've had the song, but not that type. but you know amazing I think Lord yeah thank you you never allowed me to go through the rubbish and I know some of you have got a different background to me but I'm rejoicing that I have been saved from an empty way of life but the miracle is the moment we accept Jesus you too are saved from an empty way of life because believe you me there's nothing out there worth living for Nothing out there worth living for other than Jesus. And I remember coming to the realization as a young man that life cannot satisfy the emptiness and the longing inside the human heart. You know, Christian, if you have, and I'm talking to Christian just for a moment. Christian, if you are not satisfied with Jesus, the problem is not Jesus. If you're not satisfied in your heart and your spirit and your life and we're not moving in the direction we should be going, the problem is not with Jesus. And maybe tonight this could be a night when you recommit and say, Lord, I'm coming all the way through because of the power of this life-changing gospel. And I've discovered that what God said in his word is absolutely true. Bro, turn me down. I'm about to blow my nose. So only relationship with God can satisfy the longing in the heart. Do you know there's a reason why only a relationship with God will satisfy the longing in your heart? Do you know that what do you know why that is? I'll tell you why. Only that relationship will satisfy the longing in your heart, and it is this, because when God created you, He put eternity inside you. Hallelujah. You are made to live forever. Glory. Turn to your neighbor and say, You're gonna live forever. My version is, I'm going to live forever. <laughs> yes. When we could talk about, I'm going to learn to fly with a rapture, but we won't go there. <laughs> but isn't that amazing? Absolutely true. We were created, made by God who is eternal, and he put eternity in us. we were designed to function correctly in life Through an ongoing love relationship with God as a father and a creator, you were designed for eternal relationship with the one who is eternal. Anyone who seeks to go it alone will experience emptiness in the soul until they find restoration of that relationship with God. And let's face facts, friends. We've got a generation that is looking to every other answer other than Jesus. Everything. They'll turn to anything, but they won't turn to Jesus. They're searching. And they're searching for our Savior and Lord. And yet Jesus, by the power of the cross saves us from an empty way of life baba says it was passed down to us by our forefathers that means we inherited the emptiness the result of sin we inherited inherent sin and the emptiness goes with the package but thanks be to god jesus he came to bring a total change in my life and your life Not temporary, but forever. So the question is, what response are we ready to make because of what God has already done for us? Secondly, let's ask the question again. What are we saved from? We are saved from sin and death. Hallelujah. Isn't that a great thing to be aware of? Just talking with Phinia about the passing of a precious mum. Just this last week, miracle. How wonderful it is to know that that precious lady is safe and secure in the presence of God. And you've heard me say the death of somebody who doesn't know Jesus is drastically different from anyone who knows the Lord. Hallelujah. It's it's totally different. And I've held many, many people, even in my arms, as they've drawn their last breath and gone into glory. And I tell you, the difference of when I hold a saint, someone who knows God, when they go, with someone who doesn't, you cannot describe even what we feel and what we know. God is an amazing saviour, an amazing saviour, And he's done everything necessary for you to enter into relationship with him again. We are saved from sin and death. The Bible teaches, and you know, we can't make this any plainer, friends, tonight. The Bible teaches that Jesus came, and it is by the precious blood, the blood that he shed upon a cross 2,000 years ago, that enables us to be saved. I make no apology for the gospel fact and the gospel truth that is by the blood of Jesus that was shed upon a wooden cross, the perfect tree, 2,000 years ago, I put him there. My sin put him there. Your sin put him there. But thanks be to God, he rose again from the dead. I love that verse in the Bible that says, he rose again from the dead because... He has the power of an indestructible life. Glory, isn't that marvelous? He has the power of an indestructible life. Death had no authority, couldn't hold him, no right, no control. He broke three and life came. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, wouldn't you just love to have seen a glimpse in the spiritual realm when the devil realized that he hadn't defeated him at all? Oh, what it would have been. Suddenly in the grave, in the tomb, the body of Jesus that had been so battered and beaten he was beyond recognition not only that they didn't know it would have been Jesus because of the damage that had been done to his appearance and face. It was beyond that. The Bible teaches that he wouldn't have been recognizable as a man. That is how much beating our Savior had. And that corpse was put in a borrowed tomb And then one day, three days after the cross, the power of an indestructible life, the Holy Spirit of God came. Wow, suddenly. Oh, incredible power surged through that broken body and he rose from the dead. Hallelujah. Imagine how Satan, our enemy, yes, you've got an enemy. Imagine how our enemy responded and reacted to that. Oh, glory to God. Wouldn't you have loved to have seen that? I would. Hallelujah. What a, an incredible miracle. But you know, when Jesus hung upon that cross, I not want to mention two things he did. There's so much more he achieved and that would take a lifetime to go into it, wouldn't it? But two clear statements about what Jesus did upon the cross for us. Firstly, Baba says, he who knew no sin became sin for us. In his absolute perfection, he laid aside the glory, came and took upon himself our sin." And then, secondly, he died in your place. This was a substitute death. Turn to your neighbor and say, Jesus died for you and instead of you. Substitute death. Amazing. And he saves you from not necessarily physical death because we still pass through the grave, but certainly... We are saved from the second death. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're only going in one direction. And that's to the gift of eternal life that God has given. Several things I've discovered have to happen in a deep way to bring that work of change that we need. And when I've blown my nose, I'm going to tell you. confident man to blow his nose in front of 80 people, especially a nose like mine. My nose knows no bounds. (laughs) Don't look all religious and theological at me, please. Did you know that Jesus was the happiest man that you could ever meet? He was a man of sorrows, but I tell you, I believe he had the most vibrant, wonderful personality and character because he was whole, whole in every way. Would have been wonderful to walk with Jesus, really was. So I find that for a man or a woman to truly come to God, and I want you to understand something now. When I refer to coming to God, and being saved, and beginning relationship with him again, I am not referring to a surface wishy-washy decision that has no impact upon you. I believe with all my heart that only Jesus can bring a person to salvation. I can do it. I could be the most persuasive preacher in the world, and I will fail time and time again. I may well be able to bring you to a place where you will raise your hand or even stand at the front of this church and say, yes, but actually, only God can bring a person to really know him. And I find if that deep work of total life Eternal transformation is really going to happen in someone's heart. The first thing that has to happen is this we are confronted by the power of the message. A story, a nice little story, or clever words will never bring us to know Jesus. The power of the message. What message? the power of the good news that I'm sharing with you today. This is what you're hearing. I love that uh, chapter in Acts chapter 2 when Peter has been speaking after the Holy Spirit has been poured out and the people are so confronted by the message, they actually say to him, what must we do to be saved? Don't you long for those days again? I do. I long for those days when men and women and young people and boys and girls would say, what must I do to be saved? We'd become sermon tasters. That was a good one. That wasn't so good. That was a good meeting. I like that one. Oh God, how we need to come back to the power of the message. And then, secondly, we need to be challenged at the very core of our being concerning our own condition before God. I remember the day when God revealed the depth of my own sin, and it hurts. And I think that's something we need as Christians every so often. We need a fresh reminder, not only a revelation of the grace of God, which I love, but also perhaps God needs to sometimes remind us of the mess that we were in. I was without hope in the world. And I'm the son of a pastor, but I was lost without hope in the world and I didn't want to stay there and I thank God that every so often God gives me a glimpse of my total need and total dependence upon him for life today and for the future. And if I ever move away from that place or that position, I want to tell you I have lost a dimension of God's challenge in my heart and my spirit. And I know that I have a responsibility to keep myself in the right place with God. I have a responsibility to keep my heart on fire for God. I have a responsibility To make sure that I am submitting to the challenge that God brings in my life, He won't do that bit for me. I have to do that bit for myself. What a challenge. What a need. I love honesty. I love honesty. I love transparency. I sat with two builders this week, this guy in all his muck, sitting around a coffee table with me. And he said to me, I think I'm all right. I haven't done anything really wrong. So I'll get in. I looked at his mate and I said, what do you think? (laughs) He said, I'm not convinced. (laughs) Spirit of wisdom came all over me. (laughs) He knew his mate warts and all. Then I shot a question across his bows. I said, young man, have you ever looked at another man's wife and thought, yeah. He says, oh, yeah, I've done that. I said, young man, in your business, to get where you are and is successful, have you ever told something that is just maybe not, you wouldn't call it a lie, but it's not exactly accurate. He said, yeah, I've done that. I said, do you want me to carry on? (laughs) And sometimes as Christians, we get good at covering over our own sin. I love transparency. I love openness. Where we still come together in the house of the Lord and can still say, even though we know we are saved, I'm a man of unclean lips. And Lord, I need you now to come and clean me up. Sanctify me again. Cleanse me from every sin And set me free. Didn't King David say that? Search me, O God, and know my heart today. See if there be some wicked way in me. Cleanse me from every sin and set me free. And he was a man reigning in life. So consciousness of sin challenged the core of our being then i believe we need to be convicted by our own sin that has not been dealt with when you read about the welsh revival and other revivals i am fascinated by those accounts that tell of when men and women and hardened men earthly men worldly men would fall in the street on their knees under the weight of conviction because of sin, and cry out to be saved. I've asked the Lord, Lord, I'd love to be alive when the Spirit of God is moving at that level. I've never seen that, but I long to see it. I long to see it. God can do it. Maybe he could begin a work at that level in our own hearts today. And then fourthly, this is the fourth point on the second point. Turn to your neighbor and say, we can handle this. <laughs> you know what that should make you feel really confident about the preacher? Because he knows where he's going. And if you think that's true, you're really, really sick. And <laughs> <No>, sorry. <laughs> glory to God. Amen. We are convicted convinced that what God has said is real and can be trusted. Let me ask you this question. Do you believe the word of God? Do you trust God? And do you take him at his word? Can you take God at his word? That's the question I leave with you. And we will return to. Because... Unless we take God at his word and unless we take a step of faith, we will never be saved. And then we come back to our same question again. What are we saved from? Thirdly, we are saved from separation from God in eternity. Perhaps you will recall the parable. Jesus used it in Matthew 25, 31 to 46. Have you got that up on the screen, Paul? No, bring up what you've got. <laughs> okay, let me, let, we don't need to, it's Saturday night, you know, let's just relax, let me just explain the, uh, the account to you. Remember that uh, Jesus uh, that portrays a powerful image, he is the judge and he refers to end time events, in fact they're events in eternity that he speaks of, and he describes people as sheep and goats. That's what he does. He describes people as sheep and goats. Those who followed the good shepherd are his and belong to him, and the goats don't belong to him. The goats are those who who have not done what is right in the sight of God. And he puts the sheep on his right side, and he puts the goats on his left side. And to the sheep on the right, he says, come, you blessed by my father, take your inheritance. And then to the goats on his left, he says, depart from me, you who are cursed into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and the angels. And friends, I can understand, especially when you're preaching a message of good news, that's a hard thing to cope with, a hard thing and difficult thing to accept, that God Jesus, as the judge, would separate in that way. It's hard. And someone would say, how could a God of love send anyone to hell? Let's get this right. God never sends anyone to hell. Our sin, our rebellion, and our rejection will take us there. But Jesus longs. For us to come in repentance of sin and be made right with him so we can be put on the right side. Put on the right side. We're living in a tremendous time of grace, aren't we? Gracious opportunity is there for us. Do you know what I cannot understand? Is the many, many people who've heard the message of God's love and good news, which I I love and I'm fascinated with. And yet there is still rejection to that message. And so one day, friend, the time of grace will finish. That is going to be an amazing time for those who are the sheep, but a horrendous time for those who are the goats. Oh my God. Turn to your neighbor and ask them, so which side are you on? And then finally, and I mean that, let's ask the most important question we will ask this evening What must I do to be saved? What must I do? to be saved. I want to bring up on the screen two verses that I have been focusing on for the last two years, whenever I have preached and I've sensed God moving in a way to save. I've always brought up these two verses. And in our fellowship, we are in a miraculous time of salvation. I think I told you a couple of years ago, it's still going on. Look at this. What must I do to be saved? That if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart. And can I stress a vital word in here? Believe in your heart. This is not a surface experience. This is not a a wishy-washy experience. Oh, go on then, pastor, you've persuaded me. I'll put my hand up, make you feel better. No, this is one of those life-transforming moments in someone's life when every one of those things I've spoken of, the challenge, the confrontation, the conviction, the convincing by God himself has really happened, I believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead. Confess and believe, and you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe. Isn't that wonderful? It's with your heart. It's right in the center of your inner being. He's not talking about your blood pump. He's talking about the very core, the very center of who you are. With every part of me, I believe, Lord. Yes, I believe. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, just as if you'd never sinned. And it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. What a miracle. Christian, I hope you haven't lost the fascination of how amazing this gospel message is. My friend, if you have never yet come to saving faith and trust in Jesus Christ, this can be one of those eternal moments for you when life changes for the better forever hallelujah i've found that this is the only way and the only route which any person can take to see life improve here it starts with a prayer that brings eternity alive in you again it's about the heart This is about your heart. And maybe there's somebody in this congregation you said, Pastor, I I did do one of those sort of like hand ups and it was surface and really, I never really, but now I'm hearing and I want to say, God, yes. Right from my heart, I believe and I want to confess. I love this because you know what this encourages me? I'm a very sort of, you can see I'm a very subdued person. Quite quiet in my personality and character David so I know I understand a little bit about human nature and I understand for some people to go public and do anything that is a big issue you would rather crawl out and hide I understand to me it's not a problem but you're you and God understands. God knows you through and through. And he thinks you're meant. He thinks you're wonderful. But you know, I've discovered there are no secret disciples. Oh, there's decisions inside and thoughts that only God knows about. But I've found out about salvation and coming to Jesus, it's best to go public because it seals it up in your heart. It's best to go public without any embarrassment. And so often when we reach a point like this in a meeting, I will ask the question and say, how can I help you? With the person you are. How can I help you make a decision that really counts for Jesus? And maybe tonight you're saying, yes, Paul, I'm right there. I'm right there. I didn't ask if you've been going to church all your life. Do you know some people have come through the doors of our fellowship, they've been going to church for 30 years. Nobody's ever told them. This is the only way to come to faith. And I tell you, the Bible says when anybody does this, there is a party in heaven, a celebration in heaven, Brother Rob. Amazing. And I came this weekend, Pastor Dave and I talked about this. Precious, I love this man. We said, what are we going to go for in this weekend? Because I've come and I've done ministry and life and the Spirit and everything like that. And we said, let's go. With the message of salvation. Hallelujah. Amazing. And actually, there's probably no more important weekend than we've ever done together, David. And so here you are. And I'm saying, how can I help you make a decision? You say, Pastor, don't embarrass me. I won't embarrass you, but I want to encourage you. And so i tell you what we're going to do. We're going to pray together. And if tonight you want to say, I want to pray that prayer, Pastor, and I want to mean it from my heart, I want my life to change for the better forever. For eternity to come alive in me. I want to begin relationship with God, real relationship with God. In a moment, we're going to bow our heads. All I want you to do is look up at me and go, you can do that. Make sure I see you, you can do that. And then we'll pray again together, all of us, and we'll make a step of faith. Hallelujah. I said it earlier. Unless we take God at His word and take a step of faith, we'll never be saved. But we can take that step. We can take that step. God enables. We can take that step. Is that where you are? Let's bow our heads. I'd ask everyone to bow their head before God tonight in the presence of the Almighty. And so I'm going to pray for the congregation and then I'm going to ask you personally if you will take a step of faith tonight. And at that point, I want you to look at me and certainly let me know that you're saying, Pastor, that's where I am tonight. I'm ready to take my step. So, Father, as we pray together, we are conscious of you. We are aware of the glory of your presence in this place. And we are in need. Lord, we're convinced. We're convicted. And we recognize our sin and our need. Father, forgive us where we've been pretending that we've been all right. On the outside, when on the inside, really, we're nowhere with you. Cleanse us from every sin and come and save us and set us free. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, please keep your eyes closed and your heads bowed. And if you're saying tonight, Lord, that is exactly where I am, I want to pray and ask you into my life. Would you do that right now? Just look up as I look around and say, Pastor, that's where I am. Go ahead. Just look up and let me see your eyes tonight. Say, yes, Lord, that's where I am. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me put your heart at rest. You know, this is perfectly normal for us. This is normal and natural for us. We're comfortable with this, so don't feel uncomfortable. If you've never publicly made the decision to say, yes, Lord, would you do that right now? Just go ahead. Bless your heart, son. Okay, maybe you would say you're in a backslidden state and you're really not experiencing God in your life. You're saying, Lord, I just want to be right with you once again. If that's where you are, just look up and let me see your face. Spirit of God. Jesus. Okay, no problem at all. Let's pray together audibly out loud. Would you repeat this prayer with me? Father, in the name of Jesus.
1: Amen.
0: Thank you for your amazing grace. Thank you that you love me. Lord, I thank you for the words that we've heard. I receive the message by faith. I believe the gospel. And Lord, I ask in Jesus' name, as I make a prayer of commitment, that you'd come alive in my heart in the name of Jesus. And so, Father, I confess, I've sinned against you, and I need your mercy. I need your grace. Father, I confess Jesus is Lord and that he is risen from the dead and I believe it in my heart. Lord, I accept your word. I take you at your word and take my step of faith and receive your salvation in the name of Jesus. Bless you for a brand new beginning. Lord, let eternity the gift of eternal life. Come into me. Lord, I receive you because you are my life and I receive it by faith in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Let's ask the band to come. If we could just take some time to be together. You know, I believe... Like the Bible says, that signs and wonders shall follow the preaching of the Word. Signs and wonders shall follow the preaching of the Word. So we need to take a little time tonight just to allow God to minister into people's hearts. I'm not in a rush. Turn to your neighbor and say, are you in a rush? I'm not in a rush. Hallelujah. I came to encounter Jesus and we can allow him to move among us. And in our hearts, Hallelujah! Lead us in a beautiful song of worship, and we'll rise together. Thank you, Jesus. Make this quick so we have no interruption. Thank you. Shall we stand together? Only by grace can we enter. Bring it up straight away. Let's sing it, church. And
1: only by grace can we enter. And only by grace can we stand Not by who stand thanks to your grace we are cleansed by the blood of the land Lord if you mark our transgressions
0: by grace And now by your grace we only by grace can we enter Only by grace can we Only by grace Only that Only by grace can we enter Only
1: by grace can we stand. Not by our human endeavors, but by the blood of the Lamb, into your presence you call.
0: thank you for the power of your love and the power of your spirit. Lord, we know you are here. We know you are here. Now, Father, as we turn to personal needs tonight, we ask that you would come in the power of your Holy Spirit and minister to every need, minister to every need in the name of Jesus. Jesus because he's able to reach down into every heart and every life knows every person's personal circumstances and I just sensed before we came to the meeting I felt the prompt in my spirit and the Lord wanted me to say whatever your need is tonight God would call you to take a step of faith there are many men and mighty men and women of God here with me tonight and we are ready to pray for you whether it's you're suffering with fear, anxiety depression or uncertainty, maybe you're facing difficulties and mountains and sorrows in your life and things are not going the way you want it to be, we talked about change, life changing for the better forever yes it begins with eternity but thank God he's interested in every detail of life and it could be tonight that you're battling with sickness or trouble in your heart, trouble in your spirit. I don't want to narrow this call down. So whatever it is, we're going to sing this wonderful song, Change My Heart, O oh God. And all I would ask you to do is just step out from where you are, come and stand at the front of this church, and we're going to pray the prayer of faith. Pray the prayer of faith. And it will bring an answer. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Change my heart, oh God. Change my heart, oh God. Why don't you come straight away? If you need prayer tonight, why don't you come straight away? Hallelujah. Change my heart, oh God. May I be
1: like you. Just come. Change my heart.
0: Are the potter and i am the clay hallelujah and you
1: are the potter
0: if we could have Pastor Dave, could we have some, some beautiful ladies come and stand with the ladies and guys, someone come and stand with Colin, this gentleman here, just come stand alongside one another, hallelujah, bless you Jesus, wonderful Savior, do you know I my heart is really warmed whenever I see anybody respond to Jesus, it's a beautiful thing to do isn't it, beautiful thing. And I love it when someone stands and says, Lord, I'm in need. What a great place to be. I want to tell you that is a great step of faith to take. So as you come tonight, I'm going to pray with you, stand alongside you, believing for your answer. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah. Blessed be the Lamb of God. Can you play something that lifts up Jesus? Rather than asking him to do something thank you just lift up jesus praise god praise god if you're standing here at the front would you just begin to open your heart unto god and just begin to receive from him because he is the one he is the one who will minister don't just stand and wait for someone to come and pray with you you begin to receive from god right where you are whatever the need is hallelujah just begin to receive from God. Hallelujah. Just keep worshiping Him now. Let the Spirit of God come upon you. Let the Spirit of God Jesus. come upon you. Spirit, Lord. Yes,
1: Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Yes, Lord. I can. La parola Yes, in the
0: Well, folks, thanks for your patience. Bless your heart. Shall we just link our hands together and stand? Let's just bring things to a close as Brother Rob is praying for Pastor Dave and Claire. Hallelujah. Wonderful. Do you know there's a tremendous presence of God in here? Wonderful presence of God. Hallelujah. Wonderful Jesus. I'm believing God's going to rain down His glory tomorrow. Rain down His love tomorrow. Hallelujah. Precious Savior. Wonderful Jesus. So, Father, as we draw to a close this evening, we thank you that we've been at the banqueting table. We thank you, Father, we feasted upon your word. Lord, we ask that you will protect that word in our hearts. We so love you and worship you tonight. And, Father, we ask that the dew of heaven, the breath of God, the wind of your spirit, the anointing of your spirit, would be upon each one of us tonight father as we leave this place we ask in jesus name for your protection your peace and your power to overflow through us and touch the many that are in need father you're an amazing god with amazing grace. Thank you for your grace that rests upon us. We go in grace and we grow in grace and we go in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, thank you for all you've done. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Oh God, we ask for a harvest this weekend that many will come to know you and find you. In the name of Jesus we pray. Grant it by faith we receive it in Jesus' name. The Lord bless you real good. Amen Amen. and amen. amen. Praise God.